0: All August long, we're giving away our subscription-only digestible daily show Cubs Pod, which is ad-supported here by the Bleacher Bunch on the Fans First Network. For early ad-free Cubs Pod, subscribe at patreon.com sunranto and become a super-ranter today. It is August 22nd, 2023, and this is Is Cubs Pod your daily dose of Cubs content brought to you by the Bleacher Bunch? Produced for the Fans First Sports Network. Please get out there and give us five star ratings on whatever app you use to listen to this. We would really appreciate it. Uh, This podcast is a daily podcast that recaps the games it is what we do for our patreon supporters if you are listening to this and you are not a patreon supporter this is the kind of stuff you get every single day if you give us a little bit of money and if you feel like you want to continue getting this through september and hopefully october please go to patreon.com slash sunranto and uh, give us a buck and you'll start to get these in your feed every day. The Cubs won last night and it was a uh, a bit of a nail biter unfortunately they won 7 to 6. When the Cubs w- score 7 runs, you expect them to win maybe even easily, but the bullpen kind of broke down last night and they were you know, Luckily, the offense was able to score some late runs and keep this out of reach of the Tigers. Now, I am seeing everywhere that this is some sort of a character win. Not everywhere. That's right on the, we- the website for the Cubs. It's a character win. People are talking about, oh, these Cubs have some fight in them or whatever. Hold on. Hold on. The Cubs are in a stretch where they're playing the AL Central in three straight series. They went three and two against two of the worst teams in the entire major leagues and now they are facing the tigers who are not much better than that these are not good teams so the fact that the cubs are eking out these one run wins against the terrible al central is not these aren't character wins these are not exciting. this is the cubs a team that should be better than their record, except for the mismanagement by the front office and all sorts of you know, bad decisions out of the dugout, they should be better. And when they go up against teams like this, they should just win. They need to quit making these bad teams look like legitimate big league baseball teams. Javier Assad, for his part, did his best to make these Tigers look like the Tigers we expected to see. He went five innings of scoreless pitching out there. Uh, He did a really good job. He had two walks. So there was a couple innings that it was a little shaky, but for the most part, five innings just lights out. Um, He had four strikeouts. And then um, with 82 pitches under his belt, Things kind of fell apart, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, he did face off against Old Javi. It was New Javi versus Old Javi. And I—I I, look, it's stupid. It's just names, but I love Old Javi. I love New Javi. And I was kind of interested in this matchup. Well, here's how it went. New Javi beat Old Javi. Uh, he struck him out the first time they met. And then the second time uh, Baez got up there, he, Baez made our new shortstop look kind of dumb. Baez hit a ball up the middle and Dansby Swanson just absolutely booted it, just flubbed it. The ball right there for him and he dropped the ball and Javi made it to first. So it was uh, an interesting night in that. um, I think Javi Asad, got the better of Javi Baez, but Javi Baez got the better of Dansby Swanson. For the Tigers, they had Alex Fajedo up there throwing, and uh, Alex Fajedo is not very good. He's got a 4.91 ERA on the season. He's given up 10 home runs this year, seven of them in the monstrous ballpark that they call Comerica. So, look, if you're not keeping balls in the park in Comerica, man, people are really hitting you. that's sadly going to come up later for Javi Assad. But for right now, let's focus on the good stuff. In the first inning, uh, Faito got the Cubs 1-2-3. But then in the second inning, uh, Dansby Swanson walked uh, with one out. Suzuki singled. And then Jamer Candelario got on base via the error. The ball just literally shot right under Spencer Torkelson's glove and went into right field, which changed what could have been a double play ball into a run scoring for the Cubs and guys at first and second instead of any outs at all. Then Fieda was facing Gomes and threw the ball away and it, it got past Carson Kelly and Suzuki scores on the past ball. The Cubs are now up two to nothing then Nick Madrigal old Nicky baskets looks like he is really really trying to pull the ball these days and hit it as hard as he can I guess those baskets got into his head a little bit and uh, I don't know maybe Nick Madrigal thinks he can hit homers now but he really turned on this ball and hit it as hard as he could and it made it about halfway through the outfield. Luckily for him, this outfield is very big in Comerica Park and Akil Badu was not playing quite far enough over towards the line and he could not get to the ball. Candelario scores on the double by Nick Madrigal. And doubles are power shots, no matter how it actually looked. So Nicky Baskets just putting that slugging percentage up and up and up because that's what we want him to do. And I know, look. I'm, I was very happy that he got a double on that, but it just, he looks like he's swinging out of his shoes and he hit the ball 75 miles per hour off the bat. And, you know, just maybe pulling the ball for power is not his game. And I'm a little worried that some of these balls like land in the vast cavernous Comerica Park won't be hits later. And I hope he doesn't start swinging for the baskets every time he's up. Mike Talkman followed with a strikeout and he is struggling right now, not doing great over the last seven days. He has a 276 OBP and a 160 average. That's on uh, four hits and four walks in 29 plate appearances. Not real sure exactly what's going on with him, but let's hope he gets this thing straightened out soon. Cubs scored three in that second inning and they were off and running. In the fourth inning, Seiya Suzuki scoffed at the idea that Comerica Park gives up the least home runs of any ballpark in baseball, and he just mashed one into left field. Suzuki continues to be a little bit of a mystery, disappearing sometimes, and then like doing great things like that. I don't know. Sometimes I think, yeah, he's great. He's doing it. He's uh, back on track. He's the guy that we want, and then other times I'm like, man, it. He just can't seem to get it together. And I don't know why I have those reactions. Because literally, that's just what a baseball player does. Sometimes they're hot. Sometimes they're cold. I guess we all thought that we were getting a little bit more from the Japanese batting champion. But lately, he has been turning it on. In the last seven games, he's hitting 320. Uh, His OBP is 308, which is interesting. And his slugging is 680 for a 988. OPS, And if that's the kind of production we get for the rest of this season, that is going to be very, very good for these Cubs as they're making their stretch run, trying to eke into that uh, end of season tournament. Cubs would be up four to nothing after the fourth. And uh, then nothing from the Tigers. Like I said, Javier Assad looked good for five innings, just shutting them down all the time, he'd only given up two hits up to the sixth inning. And that's when the wheels fell off. The second pitch of the inning was an 88-mile-per-hour sinker that Spencer Torkelson took into left field with a vengeance. It was his 23rd home run on the season and put the Tigers on the board. It was now 4 to one The very next pitch, pitch against Kerry Carpenter also got deposited into the stands this time in right field because Spencer Torkelson is a right-handed hitter hit it to left and Kerry Carpenter is a left-handed hitter and hit it into right so after five really good innings Assad just seemed to lose it I have no idea what was going on Uh, he only had 82 pitches I mean that's kind of a lot for five innings but fairly normal these days and I can't fault David Ross at all for putting him out there in the sixth inning there didn't seem to be anything going on that should have changed from one inning to the next he just didn't have it in the sixth inning he did get one out Matt Vierling uh, flew out to right field but then Parker Meadows who was making his big league debut hit his first ever single off of Javier Assad. It was a very hard-hit ball out to Suzuki, and that was when David Ross realized, well, actually, he realized earlier because he had gotten Hayden Wisniewski up in the pen, and he was like, it's time. Javier Assad has to go. And I agree. He had to go. They brought in Wisneski. Wisneski got Javi Baez, and uh, it was... Ugly. It was one of those Javi Baez swings that everybody hated when he was with the Cubs. A foot on the outside and he was swinging. And then our old pal Zach McKinstry, who bats right behind Javi Baez, he lined out and that was the end of the inning. So Wisniewski came in and did his job, shut down the powerhouse Tigers in the two batters he faced. The Pirates also made a pitching change and Brendan White replaced. Alex Fayedo to start the seventh and got a 1 2 3 inning. Um, in the bottom of the seventh, Hayden Wisniewski was only good for those two outs, which, let's be fair, that might be actually the case. And Jose Cuas came in. Jose Cuas struggled a little. He walked Akil Badu, but he got a strikeout of Carson Kelly and he got Riley Green to ground it to a double play. In the eighth inning, the Tigers replaced Brendan White with Andrew Vasquez, and that was good news for the Cubs because they wanted to score some more runs, and they didn't do it against Brendan White. So bring on the Vasquez. Talkman grounded out, again, scuffling. Nico Horner lined out. Nico Horner is not scuffling at all, but he was not great in this game. He went 0 for 5. At least he didn't strike out at all, but every hit found a glove. And then with two outs in the inning, Ian Happ decided to take advantage of the ginormous field there at Comerica Park. And he hit a a triple to left field. Yeah, out in the power alley of left center. The ball made it all the way to the wall. And Ian Happ trucked all the way around and came in to third fairly easily for what seemed like it was going to be a double. But he was on his horse. He made it happen. It looked good. And then, of course, Cody Bellinger, who we all love because he's really good. He hit a single, drove in Ian Happ. The Cubs scored a run. It is now 5-2. And that was all the Tigers wanted to see of Andrew Vazquez. They brought in Will Vest to finish out this inning. And he gave up a single to Dansby Swanson right away. Seiya Suzuki made it to First on an error by Spencer Torkelson. Yep, that was his second one of the game. Javi threw him the ball. He just couldn't catch it. Uh, And then Jamer Candelario struck out, and that was it. But Cubs got another run. They extended the lead to three, and they were going to need it. Because in the eighth inning, uh, the normally strong stalwart Michael Fulmer replaced Jose Cuas, and he did not do well. Gave up a double to Spencer Torkelson. Gave up a single to carry Carpenter. Spencer Torkelson went to third. Uh, Matt Verling walked. So that loaded the bases. He got Parker Meadows to strike out. Because he's a rookie playing in his first game ever. And then he had to face Javi Baez. As I said before, Javi got the better of Javi Assad. But... Michael Fulmer was a different situation. Javi swung very, very hard at the first pitch he saw from Fulmer, and he hit it, and it snapped his bat in half. Like, the bat just went flying behind him, just absolutely snapped in half. The ball, because of the broken bat, did not travel the way that you would think it would on that type of swing, and it just kind of ran out, flew out into right field, and barely stayed inside the foul line. So fair ball, it rattled around. It took Suzuki a long time to get to it because the field is very, very big. Two runs scored and the Tigers are all of a sudden back in this game. They are only down by one run. And, you know, it was Javi Baez doing Javi Baez things. Broken bat double to bring his team into the game. Look, I get it, people. People want to bag on him. People want to act like he's a terrible player now, and he sucks over there at Detroit, but he's not. I don't know. The guy, I still love Javi Baez. I admit it. I can't help it. I like the way he plays. I like the things that happen when he plays. He's so much fun to watch, even when he's driving you nuts by swinging at pitches a foot and a half out of the zone. Zach McKinstry, who I do not like, he is probably the exact opposite of Javi Baez for me. He hit a little fly out into center field, and Cody Bellinger was unable to get to it because the field is giant. And Bellinger ran as hard as he could, slid, tried to get it. It just deflected off. Like he just, it was a tough play. The ball got away from him on the slide. Valiant effort. Talkman was right there uh, playing left field because I didn't mention this before, but Ian Happ was the DH in this game. Morrell did not play. And as much as the lineup looked annoying to me, it did make sense to move Talkman into left field and have Bellinger, your best center fielder, out there. Because as I've said a million times already, Comerica Park is giant and you need really good outfielders out there to help you out. But anyway, Matt Vierling scored on that little flare single, and this game was tied, and that was enough for Michael Fulmer. He got pulled from the game. They brought in Daniel Palencia, and he struck out Carson Kelly and got Akil Badu to pop out to get out of the inning without any other issues. Palencia looked good. He threw seven pitches, and six of them were 98 miles per hour or more. The Tigers brought in Bo Breeski to replace Will Vest in the ninth of this tie game, and he was unable to hold the score. Jan Gomes hit a double. Then Nick Madrigal hit one of the weirdest doubles I've ever seen. Okay. Again, I told you, Nick Madrigal looks like he's swinging out of his shoes. This ball was inside, way inside, but he, again, swung out of his shoes. He was able to get to it amazingly. That's that contact skill, I guess, that he has. But he was able to get the bat on the ball. It went right up the left field line, and he was able to get a double out of it. Miles Master Bloney, who had replaced Jan Gomes at second base when Jan Gomes had just hit that double, he was able to score, and the Cubs are now up 6-5 to on the odd swinging out of his shoes, falling down. Like, he literally fell down, was facing the wrong way, and was still able to get up and run for a double. Nicky Baskets just making things happen with that strong pull to the left field power. Talkman maybe breaks out of his slump, let's hope. He singled to Javi Baez. It was like this high chopper hit the ground, flew over the pitcher's head. Breeski could not get to it, jumped for it, and then landed right behind him. Baez tried to barehand it. There was just really, even if he barehands it, I don't know if he gets it. It was that weird and hard hit into the ground that the ball just kind of hung up there long enough for Talkman to reach first, even if he'd been able to get the ball barehanded. Nico Horner made his fifth out of the game, popping the ball to Zach McKinstry, who was playing second base. So not a great hit. Ian Hap grounded into a what could have been a double play because Javi Baez did what Javi Baez does. He made a spectacular falling Grab of the ball, throw to second base. You know, I, I miss seeing what Javi can do all the time. Even while falling, he threw the ball to McKinstry, who was streaking towards second base. Led him perfectly so that McKinstry could get the ball, step on the base, and then try and make it throw over to first. Fortunately for the Cubs, McKinstry is not as good as, say, Nico Horner and he could not make that throw over to first to get Hap, And because they were unable to pull off the double play, Nick Madrigal scored, and the Cubs were up 7-5 to in the ninth inning. Cody Bellinger grounded out to end that inning, but a two-run lead is pretty good. Gotta love it. Mark Leiter Jr. entered this game to replace Daniel Palencia, which was the right move, unfortunately, Adbert Alzali just wasn't available. He's pitched in the last few games and needed a break, so they brought in Leiter to try and shut this thing down, which he did, but not without some drama. He got the first out on a Riley Green grounder. Then Spencer Torkelson singled. He struck out Kerry Carpenter, so, which was good. Getting through those three batters right there with only a single was actually pretty good. Spencer Torkelson... Went to second base, not a steal because it was defensive indifference. And then Matt Verling singled, and that drove in Spencer Torkelson. So now it's a precarious one-run lead. But the Cubs had two outs in this inning already, and they just needed one of the many ways for the Tigers to make an out, and they got it when rookie sensation... Parker Meadows, who had gotten his first hit earlier in the game, came up to bat, and I'm sure he was—he had just visions of walking this thing off or something. But yeah, instead he hit the ball right to Seiya Suzuki, and that was the end of the game. Sit down, rookie. The Cubs will face off against these same Detroit Tigers up in Detroit, Michigan at 640 Eastern Standard Time, which, as you know, is 540 Chicago Standard Time. It will be Drew Smiley getting another start because the Cubs do not have Marcus Stroman. So despite Smiley's troubles as of late, He's going to start again. Let's hope he has kind of figured something out by spending some games in the bullpen. Only three players on the Detroit Tigers have ever seen Smiley, and uh, none of them have a hit. They all have zero batting averages. For the Tigers, they have rookie Reese Olsen starting on their side. And since he's a rookie, nobody on the Cubs have ever seen him because he's brand new. Olsen has pitched in 14 games this season. 11 of those 14 were starts. Uh, He has given up 61 hits in 63.1 innings pitched. He also has 61 strikeouts in that same amount of time and 17 walks. This puts opposing teams at a two forty-six average against him. And all of this works out to be a 1.23 whip which if you don't remember what whip is that is walks and hits by innings pitched that means one in one quarter players makes it on base in every inning that he pitches and overall he is a 4.83 ERA pitcher and since we are in the stretch run here let's take a quick look at the standings um and I mean very quick Milwaukee just keeps winning the cubs have won 3 straight so have Milwaukee The Cubs have only gained a half game over that time, and that was because they won last night. Milwaukee will be facing the first-placed Twins, but as I've said many times, the AL Central is terrible, and being a first-place team in that division is not necessarily all that great. And those three wins that the Brewers just rattled off were against the first-place Rangers, who are in a much better division. So... Let's just hope this is a trap series for the Brewers and that the Cubs can continue to at least eke out one run wins and keep this thing going. That is it. Remember to go out to the discord, uh, the Sunranto discord, jump in there. We have game chats that are open to everyone. Uh, The rest of the discord is closed and only available for the Patreon supporters. So again, if you aren't a Patreon supporter, become a Patreon supporter and be a part of that group. It's really a great group, and I love talking to them about baseball and having virtual friends to watch the game with. If you want to be a part of that, jump in there. I think you'll enjoy it. But that's it for this Cubs pod spagog, and I am safe at home.